you're listening to the Locked In Podcast. Here's your host, Algernon Cash. I'm Algernon Cash, and you're locked in. Um, so many challenges going on throughout the world right now. We are still dealing with um, COVID-19. I mean, some people, so many people would have told me we were still dealing with COVID two or three years later. I would have had no idea. Um, but I also think that the pandemic that we've went through the last two years has also revealed some other issues within our, our society and our community, issues around mental health. And I, I think the, 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 the pandemic um, certainly demonstrated the cracks that we have within our community when it comes to mental health. Um, my audience knows that I was someone that was really just torn up uh, about the news related to Chesley Christ, who is a um, who was a national beauty pageant winner, um, a, a Miss North Carolina, and um, also seemingly just very successful. You know, um, had a spot on TV Guide and was a journalist with them, and um, was a, was a, um, already had a law degree and was was going down that road and. Um, ended up taking her own life just because of a lot of the stress and pressure that she was dealing with day to day. And so I reached out to a good friend of mine. Um, you've seen him on the show once before. Um, you've heard me talk about him in the past. Brian Sims is a former um, psychology professor at North Carolina A&T. Um, also used to come on with me quite a bit back in the day when we were doing Community Focus with Renee Vaughn on 97.1. Certainly missed those days. But currently, he is also the founder, now the founder of Jomo Works, which is a project management and research support organization working with the education industry. Brian, thank you for locking in, man. How are you? Glad to be locked in. Algernon Cash, Triads, Truth and Triumph. Glad to be here, brother. Shout out to Renee Vaughn. You took me back. Yeah, man. I, I was listening to um, a, a show Renee did a couple days ago and um, found myself just reminiscing about those early weekend mornings. I don't, I'm, I'm glad I get to do my show now whenever I want to do it at whatever time I want to do it. I don't have to get yeah. up at 530 in the morning, but I miss <laughs> that. And um, I also miss the days with Buster, man, when you used to come in the station and yeah. But, yep. um, you, you know, on a, we had you on the show um, last year and we, we talked about a number of things related to black culture. Um, you know, I, I raised a point about we had just learned about DMX at that time. Um, I obviously, didn't die from suicide or anything, but certainly died from from substance abuse. And many believe that that um, excessive um, substance abuse was tied to a lot of mental illness. You, you heard me talk a little bit about Chesley Christ. Um, we, we also, in the last several weeks, have just seen a barrage of Instagram posts um, from Kanye West um, and, and his ongoing um, debacle with his um, um, now, the not, not divorced wife, but, but soon to be divorced wife, Kim Kardashian. It, you know, it just seems like, Brian, no matter how good you might be doing in life, n- none of us are really immune from some type of mental illness. Yeah. And uh, I think that perspective is one that's like just necessary. Right. It, it forces us to really, I think, question how we define wellness and, and mental health in a society in which uh, we do things pathologically sort of uh, by by routine. The norm uh, in many ways is sort of uh, unhealthy. Um, I mean, if you think about just basic structural aspects of a lot of folks day, like as a parent, I know as you as a parent, like I know one of the things that uh, I really struggled with was like daycare. I remember, you know, being like, how does it make, like, here I am 
about to give, you know, my the most valuable person in the world to me over to strangers, let's be honest, um, because I'm willing to pay them and they're going to watch my son because I'm paying. I, I know full well. I mean, they put in the contract. We're only going to watch your son for as long as you pay us uh, so that I can go earn you know, money at a job. It's like, does that really make sense? Like we're separating ourselves from ourselves and our families to get money. So I think, I think you can make a strong argument that that really doesn't make a lot of sense. And the mental health question that you raised is what is it, you know, what we're seeing is many folks, perhaps all of us seem on various levels to not be doing okay. I tend, and you know, this from our, you know, millions of conversations, I tend to look for structural explanations. Um, I don't think mental health, I don't think the mental health crisis that we're uh, seeing literally unfold before our eyes has uh, much to do with individual personalities. I don't think we're going to be able to uh, understand or do anything about it from an individual difference perspective. I think we got to look at what is it about our, uh, uh, what is it about the societal frame that, that, that pushes us towards decisions and forces us into lanes that then manifests itself in unhealthy uh, behaviors. And, and, and in this case, like you mentioned with the sister, um, you know, taking her own life. So, yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm catching what you're saying. So your argument is just that the just just the pressure of society. I mean, whether it's the competitive pressure to keep up with the Joneses, um, whether it's the mainstream cultural pressure that we see um, to, to always drive the latest and greatest new car or, or um, even what we see in, the, in rap culture, you know, the pressure to, to go out and buy all the fancy jewelry, just the stress and the anxiety and the pressure from that, you believe, is just really having a, a big negative impact on people's mental psyche. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we so. If you're a fan, for those of us uh, fans of the late, great Dr. Amos Wilson, uh, legendary uh, figure in the uh, field of African psychology, uh, he was real big on that, that perspective, that mental health of the people is an extension of the systems that they subscribe to. So, you know, whether we talk, I mean, we just wrapped, you know, a wonderful Super Bowl, uh, you know, celebration for millions of folks around the world. I don't know if you saw the halftime show, you know, big subject on 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 social, um, you know, and, I, you know, what I saw was a lot of celebration around like the nostalgia from Dre and Snoop and, uh, you know, M, Eminem and, and, and folks, you know, from general from a generation ago. But, you know, what I saw Algernon was the first two or three performances were about uh, pimps and bitches and hoes. Um, and then you bring out, uh, you know, Mary J. Blige and no shade to any of these artists, but you bring out Mary J. Blige or, you know, with, uh, uh, what looked like a floor link, uh, blonde wig, uh, you know, crooning her heart out about her, her pain and sorrow. And I was just thinking like, okay, so what is the message here? What is like the symbol message that folks are getting? Right. So you got brothers who are dancing and singing about their ability to, to, to control, oppress, uh, abuse uh, Black womanhood. And then you get a Black woman who is intentionally approximating white beauty standards, who's then crying in, in, in sad and sorrowful. I was like, 
And that's our Super Bowl halftime. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what Amos Wilson would say is like, we can't look to how like mood or personality or individual sort of like factors to explain. We should look to structural, like in this case, a media message that sends a very clear, in my view, a very clear notion of like, yo, this, this place is not really designed for balance. It's not designed for health. It's not designed for, um, you know, uh, relationships that are, that would lend itself towards people feeling good about themselves, right? That celebration is really like a very problematic one from a, from a family sort of standpoint. So just one, just one quick example that came to mind, but I think it's all over society. Like there's no real, wherever you look, health is rare if you find now, I, 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 I like this. Um, I like the, the vein that you're going down. I, I, and I'm, I'm already regretting because I don't have as much time for this conversation. Almost, mm-hmm. almost like I might've opened a can of worms here. We're going to have to, we're going to have to make sure we do like a larger round table conversation, man, because um, I, I, I'd agree with you, actually. I, I think that society places so much pressure on you to, to keep doing better, to keep performing, to, to be like the person that's standing next to you that it, it can literally drive you crazy because you you never get to a point where you're just comfortable and content and, and happy with, with who you are. You, you know, how, how problematic is this? You, you know, you, you think about Chesley Chris, who I mentioned. Yep. Um, I mentioned Kanye West. Um, I mentioned DMX. You know, Anthony Johnson, we just lost him from, um, uh, you know, alcoholism. That was the, the guy that played in Friday, um, you know, very successful comedian, great stand-up guy, went off to do a lot of other movies. Um, I, I mentioned the, 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 um, the young guy I just read about Juice World, who, who yeah. was a great talented artist, but ended up dying in 2019 from, you know, substance abuse issues. These are famous people. Like, these, these are people that make way more money than me, have access to way more resources than me, and these are people that are abusing drugs or they've even taken their own life. What does that say about just the average ordinary person that is trying to put food on the table tonight? That's a great question. Uh, yeah. So you made me you made me think about my son. Uh, shout out to Brock um, Kiyume, who was a Juice World fan. He's the one who, um, you know, told me about that scenario. I'd never even heard of Juice World, uh, but that's, you know, because I'm old. But yeah, your question, your question is a good one. Like, I think, first of all, we got to put it in its historical context. Um, Those folks that you mentioned are at, you know, the end of a relatively long list of uh, high profile, highly visible uh, celebrities and folks who from an economic, financial, pop culture standpoint, look like they had it all. But, you know, quote unquote, behind the scenes were really struggling. Um, you know, so whether you're talking about Bob Marley, uh, El, you know, you name it, there have been so many super famous icons and celebrities that you wouldn't wonder, you wouldn't think like would have those kinds of problems who have had those issues. Again, I tend to see, I tend to say, what is it about the, the, uh, the spotlight? What is it about, um, the pinnacle of what I think most of us are actually aspiring to. So when I see, uh, you know, a beauty pageant who struggles uh, with, you know, issues to the point where, um, you know, suicide becomes a factor, I wonder about the millions and millions of teenage girls out here who Hmm. would love to be in that position. I wonder about the, you know, millions and millions of boys who are looking at, you know, uh, approximated images of beauty, again, via social media. So 
are are they different than us in terms of like their like to your point about like how much money they make in the lives that they lead absolutely but are they different than us in terms of what they're doing like how they're functioning in society i'm not so sure so uh, you know i think it's almost sort of like a, a false dichotomy to see famous or successful or celebrity or highly visible individuals as different than the average person most of us now in our minds kind of see ourselves in that vein so if, 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 if you know if that makes some sort of sense so you know it's almost like i think i don't think it would be too far of a stretch to say we actually want those problems when we hear because because again we've heard it for generations we've heard famous people for since way before me and you, Algernon, talk about the stress and the strain and the problems and the, the the destroyed friendships. I mean, we could go back one generation to Biggie and talk more money, more problems. We could go back two generations to Ray Charles, you know what I'm saying? Three generations to, uh, um, you know, uh, Brown. Over uh, Four generations to Aretha, right? Respect. I mean, that the root of, I think, the Black cultural ethos is like, the closer I get to this thing that I'm chasing, the worse off and the more problematic my life becomes. And I feel like that's a riddle unless you see it for what it really is, which is like, we're all really doing the same thing. We have different levels of, to your point, like access and income and resources, but we're not doing wildly different things with our mentality, with our lives, with our intentionality and our energy. And it, you know, it, 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 there seems to be a common theme that I notice, like from, from people who, who suffer from this. And, and when I say people who suffer from, from this, kind of mental illness or, or w- whatever you want to say. I'm, I'm not judging anyone outside of me. I'm, I mean, if you follow me, if, if you follow my, if you're in my audience, you know that I've been even very upfront about the fact that I've in the past have struffered, suffered from stress, anxiety, bouts with depression, um, simply because I'm out here pushing so hard and I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I get back to every email and every question and every voicemail and every phone call and everybody who wants to come onto the show and all these things. I mean, as you talk about the pressure, um, the, the other thing that I've also noticed, and I've been guilty of this, Brian, and I think a lot of people who suffer from mental illness is guilty of this. It's also the pressure to always compare yourself to other people. Um, it, it's, it's like you see someone doing something and instead of just being very content in the moment with who you are and what, what your abilities are and where you are, um, you, you get into this trap of comparing where you are and where this other person is. And I've come to learn that that is very dangerous, you, you know, when you get into these comparisons, because all of a sudden you can't even really appreciate and value what it is that mm-hmm. you actually bring to the table. And mm-hmm. so you just feel this constant pressure to wear a shirt that doesn't quite fit you. You know what I mean? Like you're constantly trying to be someone else. You know, I'm sure, Brian, that we we even see some of this within our own friend groups and within our family circles. How do we how do we recognize it? And when we do recognize it, what what we sh- what should we be doing as just a good friend, a good brother, um, a, a cousin that cares? Another great question. So I got I got two answers. First, you mentioned friends and family. I think uh, we got to keep as center in the conversation around like, how did things get this way? Uh, schools, um, you mentioned comparison. I immediately thought about school, right? I mean, that's really the goal. Like what you're, you get an A, I got a B. So now I know where I am in relation to you, right? You got a, you got 3.8, I got a 3.75. So it's like, now we have a way of literally being able to put ourselves in relationship and comparison and competition to everybody else. I think the fact that 
early child development is paired with that highly competitive sort of notion of comparison um, is a big cause for how you get adults who uh, are suffer from the things that you mentioned. So I just wanted to make sure we threw, we threw schools in there. And um, as a shameless plug, I mentioned, um, you know, Joma Works, we've got a school mental health um, teacher training initiative designed to sort of give teachers and educators some, some tools to help them identify when there, when and where there are mental health issues that are happening um, inside the school space. So the schools is, is, is a big part for me. Um, and I think the, the, the other thing I'll say is, um, and I'm not a clinician, psychologist, but not a clinician. So take this with a grain of salt. I've always felt like the real value in counseling, in therapy, in psychiatry, uh, from a Western sort of standpoint, has really just been the ability to find someone who's A, willing to listen to you and B, willing to listen to you. I don't think it's really very complicated. Like most of us, especially as, especially as black folks, most of us don't have people that have the time and intentionality who genuinely want to listen to what we've got going on. The ability to mm. share your world and perspectives with other human beings, I would argue is at the core of what it means to be human, right? We think about some of the most violent, you know, disruptive punishments imaginable, and they all come down to like isolation. Parents who say, go stand over in the corner. That's like separation, right? In, in, in prisons, like solitary confinement, you'll go crazy. So the social ice, what we call you know, social isolation actually leads to the sorts of um, mental um, and emotional uh, problems that folks have coping with reality, but it all comes down to an inability for somebody else to understand, to hear what you've got going on. So when you talk to a therapist, when you talk to a counselor, when you talk to a psychiatrist, you know, and I know there are people out there who are probably mental health experts and professionals who are saying he doesn't know what he's talking about, I, and, I, and maybe I don't. I'm just giving you my opinion. I think the core of the therapy thrust is being in genuine, sincere conversation with somebody and knowing, or at least feeling like what you're saying is being heard by another person. So my answer to you is, yeah, we don't have to have a degree in order to be helpful to others in your space in terms of mental health. Like listening goes a long way. Most of us were busy. Most of us were distracted. Most of us are stressed and dealing with the problems of life. And so somebody else's problems intruding into our consciousness is usually we got we got wonderful ways of blocking that out right like our devices our devices make blocking other people out good and easy so my answer to your question is like what would life look like if we weren't so motivated to isolate ourselves and only mm. include those voices and those energies that we want what if we had to like literally swim in the 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 pond of humanity as, as it's as it actually is. You see what I'm saying? Like I made this person angry. Now I got to deal with their anger. Like, hmm, that's what would what would mental health look like if we really were um, um, embracing that sort of paradigm as opposed to, uh, you know, as soon as I'm, you know, you made me angry. So I'm not even, not only am I not going to tell you what you did, but you're never you're just never going to hear from me again. Like, you know, this this ghosting notion, I think, is more fascinating than it seems. Um, and maybe that's maybe that dates me, uh, you know, as almost uh, as almost 43. But I think I think, again, long rambling answer as not. But I think that's my that's my answer. Like we can help each other simply by listening to each other. 
that that's a good answer and it's a great note to end on as well i mean i'm i'm definitely out of time but you 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 left us with a lot of a lot of wisdom on that last response i think just showing empathy can yeah. go a long way with us improving our our community improving our families and improving our relationships and i do agree with brian um cuz i am very guilty of it um sometimes i will see out the corner of my eye somebody coming over to try to talk to me and i will purposely bury my head in this phone <laughs> because I just don't want, want to be bothered at times. And I hate to admit that, but it's true. And I think we all feel that we're, we're all sometimes overwhelmed with our day-to-day life and it makes it hard for us to be an active listener, a good friend and just show empathy. Um, and so I, I have got to work on that. I've got to get better. Brian has given us the prescription. You've got to get better. We're all going to get better together. And um, I encourage you to just be an active listener. And that means um, listening to listening to really understand what the other person is saying, not listening, trying to figure out what your response is going to be to that person once they finish talking. So, um, so Brian, I appreciate you doing this, man. I, I wrote down a note. I, we we, we got to do a mental health roundtable. I'm going to bring you in. I'm going I'm to get a, a clinician. I'm going to get a couple, few, few people together. And we're going to have a much more deeper dive on this particular topic because I think there's so much more we could have talked about today. To my audience, I always appreciate you locking in with me. Make sure you do stay tuned to WTOB because that's where the Locked In Show broadcasts every Sunday morning. Um, and of course, that's also where we share our restaurant of the week for Eat, Drink, Triad. So make sure you are listening to WTOB. If you do miss the show on WTOB, you can always access it on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, wherever you like to download your favorite podcast. You can lock in there. And then as always, I encourage you to continue to follow Locked In or follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, y'all stay locked in. The executive producer of the Locked In podcast is Algernon Cash for WCG. The associate producer is Tim Beeman for Such and Such Media. The views and opinions in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and are not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting company. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without express written consent of WGC.